You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. David serving? And who was David's enemies? Was it the Israelites or the Philistines? And I think we have to ask these same questions of ourselves. Who is our Lord? Who are we serving right now? Are we serving our besetting sin? Are we serving our addiction? Are we serving our career, our family, our children, our finances? Or maybe we're just serving ourselves. Who is our Lord? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ? When the world looks at your life, what will it determine you love and who has your allegiance? Today, Pastor Dave will challenge you to examine your life and determine what and who you love and repent of that if it isn't God. Stop giving your heart to the desires of this world. If you're God's child, return to Him. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 29 as he begins his message, Betwixt and Between. Turn into your Bibles to the challenging book of 1 Samuel. It's been a wonderful book. It's challenged me in many, many different ways. Um, 1 Samuel 29. Uh, we only have several chapters left in 1 Samuel. So 1 Samuel 29. If you'll turn there, we'll see what the Lord has for us in these scriptures. So since there's only 11 verses, let's read them. And then we'll go back and, and see what the Lord would have to say. Chapter 29, 1 Samuel. Then the Philistines gathered together all their armies at Aphek, and the Israelites encamped by a fountain which is in Jezreel. The lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands, but David and his men passed in review at the rear with Achish. Then the princes of the Philistines said, What are the Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the princes of the Philistines, Is this not David? the servant of Saul, king of Israel, who has been with me these days or these years. And to this day, I have found no fault in him since he defected to me. But the princes of the Philistines were angry with him. So the princes of the Philistines said to him, make this fellow return that he may go back to the place which you have appointed for him and do not go down with us to battle, lest in the battle he become our adversary. For with what could he reconcile himself to his master, if not with the heads of these men? Is this not David of whom they sang to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? Then Achish called David and said to him, Surely, as the Lord lives, you have been upright and you're going out and you're coming in with me and the army is good in my sight. To this day, I have not found evil in you since the day of your coming to me. Nevertheless, the Lord's do not favor you. Therefore, return now and go into peace that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. So David said to Achish, what have I done? And to this day, what have you found in your servant as long as I have been with you, that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord and king? 
And Achish answered and said to David, I know that you are as good in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the princes of the Philistines have said, he shall not go up with us to battle. Now therefore rise early in the morning with your master's servants who have come with you. And as soon as you are up early in the morning and have light, depart. So David and his men rose early to depart in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines went up to Jezreel. So David's in a pickle. And these words that he wrote in Psalm 18 seem to come to light right now. And it just seems to me that this might be the way he's feeling. In Psalm 18, verses 4 and 5, David writes these words. The pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me, and the snares of death confronted me. I think this describes David's feelings to a T. As we said last week, the victory over Goliath has long passed. It's years in the past now. The young boy who stood up against the uncircumcised Philistine, confident that the Lord would deliver the giant into his hands. The young boy who was anointed by the Lord as Israel's next king, filled with and empowered by the Holy Spirit, has basically lost his identity. He really doesn't know who he is. Sometimes years, some years later now, and he's consorting and living with the Philistines, the dreaded Philistines, an enemy of Israel. And he's preparing to go into battle against the nation that he has already been anointed king over. Wrap your head around that. David's confused. And there are times in our lives when we come to a fork in the road. And we must decide which path we need to take. We've all been there. Some of you may be there. The narrow path that leads to God or the broad path that leads to destruction. And somewhere along that line, David took the wrong fork. David took the wrong fork in the road. And he left the comforts and confidence, the continued guidance of the Lord God, Jehovah. He left that confidence and he followed the broad path. And now he's got to face some consequences. David now has to face consequences. David is now living among the Philistines. He's found favor in the eyes of their king, Achish. And the king wants David to be one of his chief guardians. He wants David to come into battle with him because he knows David and his mighty men are valor, valor men of war. He knows that they are tough when it comes to fighting. But David is still in a backslidden state. He opted for this lifestyle. He chose to walk away from the protection of the Lord and now must face the oncoming whirlwind of his choice. He must now sow what he reaped. And this is scary. You know what it says in Galatians 6, 7, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. The lifestyle that David has been living has resulted in inner turmoil in his heart. He was betwixt and between, meaning you're in a midway position. You're neither one thing nor the other. In David's case, he was neither welcomed by the Philistines and he wasn't welcomed by the Israelis either. He was an outcast in both worlds. He was a man without a country because of the decisions he has made. He was wrestling with disillusionment, 
While once he reaped the benefits of living among the Philistines, now he's no longer wanted there, and they're basically saying, get out of here. We don't want you around. When we choose to walk away from God, it may very well be pleasurable at first, just like David. It may be very pleasurable at first. You may even feel set free. You may even feel like you've been liberated because you walked away from God because you thought God might have had a heavy hand on you and you couldn't abide by these rules and regulations. I need to be free. I need to do my own thing. So you walked away. But eventually, a debt comes knocking at your door. A debt you can't pay. A debt that wants you to pay because it's time to pay up. When this happens, you become very disillusioned. You don't know where to turn. The world no longer satisfies you. You feel you can't return to God's care. You're in an identity crisis. You, 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 you are displaced. You don't know who you are. And this is where David is right now. David finds himself right here. He is neither a Philistine nor an Israelite, but he is born of the house of Judah. He's been anointed king by God himself and Samuel the prophet. David, we can liken him to a carnal Christian at this point. He's a carnal Christian. He doesn't feel comfortable in the things of God, and he's lost interest in the world. Basically, the world has lost interest in him. In chapter 29, God is still working on David's behalf. Even if David doesn't know it, God is arranging things so David will not fight against Israel. And I think it's important to know and to remember, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter how far we have fallen, if you're a child of God, he is ever working for you. His promise is that he will never leave nor forsake you. I know the thoughts I have for you, says God. I know these thoughts. I have thoughts for you. Don't you think God is not going to see them to fruition? God is going to see them to fruition. He has those thoughts for you. He has those plans for you. Plans for a future. Plans for a hope. Plan to prosper you. God has those plans for you. And just because you've walked away doesn't negate those plans. Might put them on hold for a while, but it doesn't negate those plans of God. Our job is to recognize God's work in our lives and then return to him by faith. So as we begin our study of chapter 29, look at verses 1 and 2 again. Then the Philistines gathered together with all their armies at Aphek, and the Israelites encamped by a fountain which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands. But David and his men passed in review at the rear with Achish. David and his 600 men basically come up in the rear with the king of Gath. They're passing in review. They're ready for war. You've seen the pictures. More likely in World War I, when all the soldiers were marching down the street in unison, they're all marching, and everybody on the sidelines is yelling and screaming and hollering, and they're all singing songs. That's what's happening here. They're passing in review. They're going out to war, and all the Philistines are cheering them on. And David's there with all his men bringing up the rear, and they're with the king. They're bringing up in review, passing there. This man of God is ready for battle, but he's on the wrong side. He has chosen to be on the wrong side. Listen to what one commentator said. David found himself in a hopeless compromise from which there seemed to be no escape. That's what happens when we compromise. 
When we compromise God's word, when we compromise God's life in our life, when we compromise the Holy Spirit, we get to a place where there doesn't seem to be any escape. There doesn't seem to be a way out. But know that God is always on your side and he always gives you an escape route. He always gives you a way out. We can look at a scripture that says that. He gives you a way out of temptation when the temptation comes your way. He always gives you that open door. He will provide a way out. And he uses the unlikeliest people sometime to do his work. For instance, the Lord of the Philistines are going to do God's work for him. It's cruel. The Lords of the Philistines, actually it means their military commanders, have a different opinion of David than the king. Their opinion of David is much more realistic than the king's. Look at verse 3. Then the princes of of Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the princes of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, king of Israel, who has been with me these years, these days? And to this day I have found no fault in him since he defected to me. These princes object to David's presence. What's he doing here? Isn't he a Hebrew? But the king is confident, and the king defends David. Oh, what a sorry place for a Christian to be when the world defends you. What a sorry place for a Christian to be when the world thinks, oh, yeah, he's he's one of us. He's one of our, he's a good guy, he's one of us. That's a sorry place for a Christian to be. I found no fault in him. What? What? We're going to talk about David did nothing but lie to the king, remember? He did nothing but lie to the king and deceived the king the entire time. I found no fault in him. When there's no difference between the Christian and the world, and when the world defends the actions of the backslidden Christian, you know something is very, very wrong. Very, very wrong. And this is where David is right now. He's right here. He's been with me for at least a year. I trust him. Our favorite theologian, Guzik, said this, quote, It is if an ungodly co-worker insisted to others that you really weren't a Christian after all because they saw how you lived, unquote. That old, old saying, been around for a long time, if you went to jail for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Right now, David's on the borderline here. David's actions are speaking volumes. Look at verse 4. But the princes of the Philistines were angry with him. So the princes of the Philistines said to him, they're talking to Akish now, make this fellow return that he may go back to the place which you have appointed for him and do not let him go down with us to battle, lest in battle he become our adversary. For with what could he reconcile himself to his master if not with a few heads of these men? They persist. Get David out of here. You remember back in 1 Samuel 14, some of the Hebrews went into battle with the Philistines. And during the battle, they all of a sudden realized that the Israelites were getting the better hand of the Philistines. And what did they do? They turned and fought on the side of the Israelites. <laughs> so that's what these guys are kind of bringing that up. Uh, these guys, are go- they're going to turn and be against us. What a better way to get favor with your servant, with your king, than take a couple of Philistine heads. Come on. And they even bring back the song. Look at verse 5. Is this not David of whom they sang to one another in dances? Saul has slain his ten thousands, but David is ten thousands. So in reality, the victory over Goliath might have been a long time ago, but these guys didn't forget it. Remember, 
Gath. Gath is Goliath's hometown. Gath is where Goliath grew up. Remember that. And these guys are saying, wait a minute, this guy, you know, another commentator said, the song that seems so sour to us often is the very song God uses down the road to rescue us from disaster. I like that. Remember how sour this song was to Saul? Remember when they sang it, Saul got all uppity and got really angry because they were giving David more credit than him? How dare they? Who do they think they are? They made Saul mad and aroused his anger towards David. And now God uses this same song to rescue David from making a disastrous mistake. If David had gone into battle, oh my gosh, the results would have been disastrous. The the results would have been nothing more than disastrous. Let's look at verses 6 and 7. Then Achish called David and said to him, Surely, as the Lord lives. I don't know why this Philistine king is quoting the Lord, as the Lord lives. Uh, did, did something of David rub off? I don't know. David hasn't shown any, Christ, any, any following of God to him. I don't know what, why. Maybe he's just trying to butter David up. You have been upright and you're going out and you're coming in with me and the army is good in my sight. For this day I have not found evil in you since the day of your coming. Nevertheless, the Lord's do not favor you. Therefore, return now and go to in peace that you may not displease the Lord's of the Philistines. So the king advises David to go back to Ziklag. Remember, that's the town that they took. But he's still praising David for his uprightness. It's interesting to me that the entire time David was in this ziklag, but what did he do? You tell me what he did. He lied. What did he lie about? Yeah, who he was attacking. He went out and started attacking the Amalekites and taking all kinds of things from them. And every time he went back, he said, oh, I was in southern Judah attacking them. He was lying. He was deceiving the king. And he was killing everybody. He was killing the women, the men. He was taking everything, and he was taking everything for himself. He was lying. He became a murderer. Remember, we talked about that. He became a murderer. And here the king is saying, I believe you. You're, you're a, I find no fault in you. Man. And then David continues his deception. <laughs> Look, at David continues his deception because he's going to ask the king, what have I done? He appears to be deeply hurt by the king's order. You know, when we're caught, we become like self-righteous. Like, whoa, 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 what? What do you mean? What do you mean? And we act like this hurt. David wants to know, didn't I prove myself to you? Did David not want to fight against the enemies of the Lord? So I guess we have to ask the question, who was David's Lord? At this time in David's life, who was David's Lord? Was it King Saul? Was it King Achish? Or was it Jehovah? Who was David serving? And who was David's enemies? Was it the Israelites or the Philistines? And I think we have to ask these same questions of ourselves. Who is our Lord? Who are we serving right now? Are we serving our besetting sin? Are we serving our addiction? Are we serving our career, our family, our children, our finances? Or maybe we're just serving ourselves. Who is our Lord? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ? I would hope it would be. Is the Lord Jesus Christ on the throne of your lives or is it your career, your finances, your addiction, your besetting sin? Who's on the throne of your life? David was confused. He didn't really know who was on the throne of his life at that time. And who was your enemy? Who was David's enemy? He didn't know. Was it the Philistines? Was it the Israelites? He was confused. 
Who's our enemy? Is it the world, the flesh, and the devil? I certainly hope so. Is it our brothers and sisters in the Lord? I hope not. Is it the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it God? Who is your enemy? We need to answer those questions. We need to know who we serve. We need to know them and make them satisfied in our heart. David pleads his case to Achish. Look at verse 8, like I said. So David said to Achish, but what have I done? And to this day, what have you found in your servant as long as I've been with you, that I may not go out and fight against the enemies of my Lord and King? He's calling him Lord and King. David's made his decision. David's heart is in a bad place. David's heart is in a dangerous place. But remember, he's a man after God's own heart, Scripture says. David wanted to go fight the Israelites. He wanted to fight with the Philistines, but God wouldn't let him. That's what I love about God. He wouldn't let him. God didn't abandon him. God didn't abandon David, although David had abandoned God at this point. We should praise and give thanks to God for the times when he keeps us from sinning as bad as we want to. When he sends things, when he makes the sin that we're doing so distasteful, when we finally realize it's a when he makes it distasteful to us. The Lord kept David from doing something that would have been disastrous. If David had fought with the Philistines, he would have regretted it the rest of his life. Near I say, the kingdom might have been torn from him and history would have been changed. But that wasn't God's plan. Remember what we said studies ago? No one, nothing can thwart the plan of God. No one nor nothing can thwart the plan of God. God's plan will continue in your own life, even in your own backsliding, even in your own sin, even in your own pride, and even though your wrong choices, nothing will thwart the plan of God. And even though David failed, God didn't. And even though you may fail, God won't. God will never fail you. David was sleeping with the enemy, but God was on patrol, watching out over everything. David was doing his thing, but God was keeping watch. And when the time came, he rescued David out of there. He got David out. David might not have realized it, but God had everything under control. And sometimes when we're away from God, sometimes when we're in the midst of what looks like a never-ending battle, sometimes we're betwixt and between, we don't realize that God is ever in control. And although the Lord was gracious to David, And the Lord did deliver him from the Philistines. And David did make this grave error. It didn't prevent consequences from coming David's way. Remember that. Decisions were made. Actions were taken against God. And what a man sows, that shall he reap. In later years, David's life, he will be deceived by his own staff and his own family. They will war against each other. He will, his daughter will be raped. He will lose sons. These things will happen to him because of the choices he's made. These things will happen to David. Now, therefore, he says in verse 10, Rise early in the morning with your master's servants who have come with you. And as soon as you are up early in the morning and have light, depart. So David and his men rose early to depart in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines went up to Jezreel. You are Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Feel free to read ahead in the book of 1 Samuel and find more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. Find links at our website. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. Well, we'd like to invite you to join us in person for church at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Right now, we're following the Lord's guidance and remaining closed. However, we are still holding services online. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 on Facebook and YouTube. Just follow the links you'll find at assurehoperadio.com. We're also streaming our Wednesday service at 7 p.m., along with Bible study and devotionals each week. It's important to stay connected to church community during this time, so we hope you'll join us. Is there anything we could be praying about for you? Please let us know. Call us at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Would you pray for us too? Please keep Pastor Dave and all of us at Calvary Chapel Cape May in your prayers, that we'll be wise in our decisions, and that we'll stay in tune with the desires of Christ. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of 1 Samuel, right here on A Sure Hope.